Welcome in to the Empire Dynasty League podcast. After a week off, we are back. And not only are we back, but we're joined again by Christopher Keane. Welcome back, my man. Yes, I am back. Uh, sorry to uh, everyone for leaving you. I, I wasn't there last podcast either to to celebrate my uh, glorious 218.1 points. I'll just throw that one back in. <laughs> but it is good to be back after a bye week as we head into a very, very sharp part of the season. Hod, how you going, mate? I'm very well, boys. I am a dedicated member of this pod. I am live from Canberra. A beautiful part of the world this is. My first time here. And let me tell you, there is a lot buzzing in the hive. Uh, (laughs) I have let let the Bumble radius go very centralised, let me tell you. And let's put the pod to the test and see if there are any active female, of course, listeners who might tune in tonight. And if they do, room 522 at the Midnight Hotel. Thank you very much. (laughs) Gee whiz! I mean, I mean, it's a uh, it is uh, buzzing around uh, Canberra, the nation's capital. And have you put any way in the Lake Burley Griffin, or what? What's, Wait, uh, what's hey, been the arrangement? Let's keep this PG, Jesus. mate. Come on, I know you've been away oh, for a couple of weeks. My thing is, Keeney, you're you've got a stats background, and we all know that. But um, it's a very niche podcast as it is, with about nine listeners. Uh, at the best of times. What are the odds of not only a female listening, let alone a female who lives in Canberra listening? What would the odds on that be? Well, I think and, and interested pretty, in Hod? No, that's that's a given. They're, they're pretty loose units down in Canberra, as <laughs> maybe Hod can attest to. And there's a there's a younger sort of female university type audience just lingering around our nation's capital. Um, so you never know. They're, they're well-educated, Ben, so oh, they could be tuning in. I have it on good authority that, that Hod may or may not have a poster hanging out his window right now with just Empire Dynasty League podcast plastered all over it and a, and a listen right. QR code. I, d- I, don't know, I don't know how I feel about what you've just said, Keeney, because the more educated they are, the less chance I have. So <laughs> I don't know about that. But yes, a lot of lot of government people here. I found a fifty percent of the population is uh, works for the government in Canberra. That's pretty impressive. Who would have thought a small so town a f- where our government's based would be heavily populated? Fifty percent, though. That's, true. that's a huge strike rate. And to the to the to the listeners, we did uh, anticipate coming on here for a pretty quick and sharp sort of podcast. We've already drifted away <laughs> onto a lot of Canberra talk early, so let's straighten up. Benjamin. And we didn't even mention the porn and fireworks, so that's there you go. Well, uh, let's let's get straight into it, shall we? With a super quick review, let's move forward amicably. First of all, you throwing too many big words at me. Okay, now because I don't understand them, I'm going to take them as disrespect. Watch your mouth. What are your thoughts, Keeney, on the new drops you went here two weeks ago? Uh, it's, one of the, it's one of the great scenes in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, I thought you liked that one. Yeah, so I do, I do like that. Thank you. All right. We did say we will, we'll do a super quick review here. So I'm just going to quickly run through the games and the scores and then you guys just jump in with any thoughts uh, that you thought were interesting because we will keep this pod today not only short, but we'll keep it majority based around uh, just the implications of playoffs and first-round picks. Uh, so let's start with Jim City Stallions, 120 against the Humdingers, 65. Ooh. Is there Ooh. much to talk about here, Hod? Well, there is, and we've definitely sourced IT on this one. <laughs> That's for sure. 
Yeah, how's your how's your gut feel going against Jim all time? Um, look, it's changed its tune in the last couple of weeks. I'm not going to lie, but I'm still sourcing. I, I want, I want to, uh, I'm going around the, uh, IT departments and just see if I can find a decent one. You sound but like, uh, that, Donald, Donald Trump. You just refuse to, uh, acknowledge facts at the moment. Something wrong with Donald at all. Sir Donald call me and worst score of the year for the dingers. Um, so yeah. I would we'll, hope yeah, so. I, We'll get IT to check that one. I would six um, five, and I'm convinced that isn't your lower score. I reckon you've scored lower. Listen, sure. listen here, Ben. We'll get IT on that. Oh. All right. So my next point, though, this was a quarterback battle he's for got, the ages. He scored sixty-one in week seven, bro. Uh, <laughs> IT. Did you just bro me, bro? I did. Bro. I'm building, bro. Um, now, listen to the quarterback battle in this one. Eleven versus eleven which was Wentz versus, uh, was it Darnold? Who? Yeah, it was, I think. Yep. And uh, then listen to this quarterback battle. McSnorkel Jones. Dalton. Dalton. Yeah, that's what I meant. And then McSnorkel Jones versus Emmanuel Sanders at quarterback. You'd think you'd have that one. Who do you think got the chocolates? Same game. (laughs) You would have thought back Mac Jones in. Yeah, I would have thought so. But maybe we'll dive into that a bit Don't later in the episode. Started. Just fun <laughs> fact, Sanders had more catches than uh, Jones had completed passes. So, mm. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, Three no, catches. Really good. I, I think that we'll be quick here, but I think the main thing was Jim with a win and obviously Camo getting beaten um, by oh, the DFF at the death. This keeps the division alive. We spoke- and it's well and truly alive and, and yeah. set up. Perfectly. We spoke they about play each this. Other this week and away that we go. It was very unlikely. It had to be a Jim winning out to get to this point and Camo losing out to get to this point. All Camo needed was one win and he just hasn't been able to get it done. This is fantastic that this is on the Jim win stallions. The Jim and the Gronk yeah. barometer. Mate, you couldn't have been more on with that. Twenty one points from old Gronky. He has been ridiculous since coming back from injury. Thirteen, nineteen, twenty one. Since that episode, I nailed two things. Gronk is a barometer and Jim is my bunny. That is two <laughs> things I absolutely set in stone. I'm glad we don't have the crystal ball segment anymore. <laughs> well, That's exactly right. All right. Let's move on to the next one. Johnny Unitas Haircuts 136, defeating the Park City Lions 133. Uh, what are your thoughts or takeaways from this? Uh, I think the main one was was Thielen got injured pretty early in this one, which allowed Justin Jefferson just to go nuts, um, yep. which was probably the difference in the end. I it's mean, like it got the first, the score, first drive he got the, injured or something. Yeah, I think so. Ankle. Um, yeah. The scoreline suggests that this was pretty close, but I think I think Steve had you covered pretty comfortably with a game to go. Uh, Hunter Henry, who didn't actually register a, a point, um, but the other player. I reckon is worth talking about. Deontay Johnson. Boys, question without notice. Where do you think Deontay Johnson ranks as a wide receiver this year? Well, I know he had a lot of people thought he was going to have a big step-up season and he's been underwhelming from that. But he did have a massive week last week. I'll say, I don't know, 12? Is he bang on 12 or something like that? Todd? Up 12, you reckon? I'd... uh... I don't know. I know he's been peppered with targets, but I don't think he's huge on the touchdowns. I'd go 15. Yep. So this is a classic Deontay. Very, very underrated. 
25 years old, still uh, he only played two years in the system. Wide receiver seven yeah, just currently on the out. season. I just looked at his last year. He's caught a heap well. of touchdowns. He's scored, he's scored six touchdowns in total, but you're right. The targets, he gets Fuck. 12 to 13 targets every single week, this bike, and he's missed a game. He is very under the radar and very underrated as a player. He's had um, and a nice, nice get for for Manny. He's had in the last eight weeks, except for one game, he has had over ten targets in all of them. He'd be averaging about mm-hmm. twelve targets a game, near enough. That is mental. Underrated and under the radar. Jeepers. Indeed. Jeepers. Yeah. Um, I I've only got one little point here before you pipe up, Ben. Um, it's it's got to be the, by far the best quarterback tandem in the league and double-edged sword here. You have to be happy with your scores without them performing, Mm. but you have to be concerned with the two. You just wouldn't have expected what they're scoring lately, especially Mahomes is uh, underperforming. Uh, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, Mahomes is absolutely the one because even early season when he was underperforming, he was still putting up like low 20s. Or 18, 19. He was, so, a, he was a QB one three weeks ago, still. Yeah, which is insane because it's absolutely his lowest season, it feels like. Maybe his rookie season might be. Oh, no, well, he, did, he barely played his rookie season. But, um, yeah, I absolutely disappointed in that was my big trade and that's why I pulled the trigger on a lot of building my team for this year. Lamar was always going to be, you know, up and down. He's the type of bloke who could yeah. score 40 or he could score seven. Like, uh, he's actually been probably better than what I expected him to be. I thought he'd just be a sort of solid score and Mahomes would have the upside. So, yeah, I mean, both both have been pretty frustrating to deal with, but it's just what you got to cop at this point. I've got an interesting one around it. So, here are the last six scores for Mahomes. Seven, 14, 10, 36. Seven, twelve. Hmm. the The weird thing is, the Chiefs are six and zero or six and one in that period, which is a really weird stat because typically it's on the back of Mahomes just lighting the opposition up and the yeah. defense sucking. But it's actually turned the other way. The defense is actually getting better, and they seem to be running the ball in the cold weather. So anyway, interesting one on those quarterbacks. It is one I just hope will turn around in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll move on though. The next game was the DFF <laughs> defeating his bunny, the San Diego Demons 105 to 104 and the DFF three and one all time against Camo. He thought he'd broken the curse boys, but it continues. What do you reckon? What do you reckon? Yeah, this one was unbelievable. I don't think people realise sort of how close this was. I think Steph needed to outscore Camo by 16 in that final game. Now, he had Damien Harris and uh, Camo had Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Harris put up 17, Aguilar 0.6. We'll mm. get to that in a second, Benjamin. Uh, and, and he got the job done by 1.32 and we heard the theme song. So that's all that matters. And as we touched on earlier, it, it keeps Jim alive in the – Number, not only the division hunt, the number three seed hunt. So uh, away we go. Well, we, we can't ignore this uh, slogan. The DFF has a lot of slogans, but the one that's gaining momentum is I'm building bro. He has four wins on the year and 
his maths is better than most. And he has told us he's going to get eight next year, 16 the year after. And in 2024, 32 wins. I can't wait for that. I can't wait to see how he pulls that off. What a season that'll be. But uh, I did have a funny thing come my way. And it's ironic that it was this matchup because it is between these two gentlemen. But uh, Camo may have sent Steph a little uh, interesting tidbit. Hunter Renfro, not a lot to him. Little measly little man. And uh, you got the big DJ, the big, uh, the big beast of a man. Yeah, the big diva. Um, who do you reckon has more yards on the year, boys? Just uh, I've wound it up a bit, but who would you guess? Oh, based on that, it's got to be old receding hairline, yeah? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Wait, so you're saying Hunter Renfro, old third and Renfro, has got more yards than who? DK Metcalf? Yes, Surely not. He, is, he is now known as the Fro down at the factory. <laughs> he's, uh, he's in the upper echelon. Of uh, the factory's finest. So there you have it. You would not have well, thought that at we. the start of the year. Classic fantasy. Not at D- all. DFF strikes again. That's all I've got to say about DFF it. DFF strikes again with a white <laughs> receiver. Who would have thought? Uh, we'll <laughs> move on to the next game, which was the straight cash homies. 139. Defeating, which is a rare sighting. The Grouse, 130. We'll call it 135. You're just, just shy. Thanks. Keeney, should we... Uh, should we just get your thoughts straight away on this? Or should we get Hodds first and then you can tee off? Nah, yeah, get, I'll, I'll jump in because I think I can build him up even more. He's not happy, the big fella. But uh, you can't write the script any better for the straight cash homies here. It came down to the end. Kendrick Bourne supremacy versus Zachary Moss. <laughs> and Moss was a healthy scratch the week before in normal weather. So one could think, you know, if this weather's all right, he, he's third fiddle to my man Breeder. And in comes the blizzard where they have have to run all game, which forces the opposing quarterback, McSnorkel Jones, to attempt three passes, boys. Jeez. Three. Kendrick Bourne had as many rushing yards as McSnorkel had throwing attempts. We're going to throw these stats at you all day. <laughs> Spare me, Moss. This is just... Ah, it's typical Moss. He's just he gets these lucky breaks. I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't know, Kenny. What do you reckon? Nah, you're bloody spot on, mate. And last time I played this bloke, <laughs> fair dinkum, he uh I've I've put up I needed Matt Stafford to score bloody six and he's scored four or something like that. This bloke is unbelievable. Like fair dinkum. He has been kissed on the dick all season. Now, this may come across as a little controversial because, you know, I you know, understand his injuries. He's had CMC, very important player, obviously. Kamara's missed four or five weeks. And Julio Jones has continued with his dirty hamstring from last year, Hod. Um, So I get it. Three really important pieces. But my God, if you're going to have those three pieces out, it's very hard to go nine and four. I'm not saying you haven't been unlucky with your injuries, but the fact that you are nine and four and you're putting up 105, 106, win here, win there, you know, Tannehill's on by. Oh, in in trots uh, Taysom Hill. He'll put up a 20 for you. Of course he started the week that Tannehill was on by. It's unbelievable. And then the blizzard, the blizzard comes in. You've got to be kidding me. And if Tyler Conklin scores over 10 against me again, I am going to throw up in a bucket. It is unbelievable. That bloke is fat and slow and does nothing until he faces the grouse. 
fair income. I'm sick of this dick kiss that keeps happening. And before you go, Hod, I've got one extra thing to say on this and I'll fire it up. And the fact is I am shitting myself that Timos is going to be the sixth seed. Roll Camo or Jim, whoever he plays in week one, and I'm going to cop him and you're going next to get... week of playoffs. I've never beaten the bloke. And he's going to find a way just to tin ass his way through the playoffs and reach the final. I'm fucking had enough of it. Are you telling me you're, you've got a, an immense fear of being conked again? <laughs> Bloody corn and now conk. My two greatest fears. <laughs> now, you mentioned vomit there, Keeney. Uh, we have it on good reports that it's better to vomit into a boost than a it smoothie. is a bucket. A smoothie. <laughs> And I've also got IT onto this because they, they are uh, a very reliable source on this podcast. Um, we are searching for another one, just if there's a sponsor out there. But uh, we have to check, is this 2-0? We know that the straight cash home is a 2-0 against the grouse this year. But are they your two lowest scores for the year? Uh, yes, they are, mm-hmm. I reckon. And I was, I was uh, the second highest scorer in the first time I played him in the league and the third highest last week. So, no, good stuff. Nine and four. Wowie. Anyway, we'll keep uh, we'll keep rolling on there, Ben, as you, you're looking for IT departments. I oh, see. I'm looking at that. I, you scored 114 in your first loss against him. You couldn't have been that high of a score. Yeah, that no, that, and that's fair. The, the point there was Stafford needed to score six and he didn't. And he didn't, like, yeah. But Tim's please, getting Tim a win on 116. That's, that's always a nice one to get. But yeah, losing on a one thirty is pretty stiff. But your nah, bunny, mate, so he's, he's got your He's my bunny. He's got your fear and he's got your fear in the conk as well, which is a great position got to me be all in. Fired up. There's nothing like a fiery redhead, boys. I love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's look at uh, the next one, which was the Prestige Worldwide one oh seven defeating oh. the Punishers, oh. and they are punishing themselves at the moment. Ninety three, they scored, <laughs> boys. What are we? themselves i've had a couple of years well you can't blame me well um, from a, a real fired up standpoint to this is a real sort of yucky sort of it's a low lackluster sort of affair isn't it it's not 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 a heap to get excited about with these two teams i wouldn't have thought um, maybe maybe thais but this one i think it's papa's fifth straight week under 100 i mean the guy comes in guns blazing at the start of the year saying we've disrespected how good his team is and he just delivers absolute pump well, yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll jump in here. I don't have a lot to say on this game, but I will say this is the first time in the month that the punishers have outscored the dingers, and it's only because of the blizz. That that fair dinkum. I think yeah. so. In a month. IT just sent it through. Can we get IT on that? We might need a full-time IT man. Well, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're pulling double duty over here, a few of us, but uh, he hasn't scored, well, over, hasn't scored over 100 since week eight, and he hasn't yep. scored over 100 and. 40, which is probably a decent score for a contending team since week six. So, I've um, I've got it on good uh, good rumor here that the our very own Leisure Suit Larry is a little handy with the software. So if he gets ousted this week, perhaps he could just slot into the pod as our IT guru, and we'll have him on for the playoffs. I'd, what do you think? I'd love. I wish I still had the soundboard of uh, Camo's sound grabs there. I should have just nice. crossed to him. Nice. Uh, I reckon he'd he'd be a great addition just for uh, some special comments and you know maybe his trade feel. He could have his own segment. 
So, uh, you know what, Camo, depending on what happens this week, hit us up if you uh, you got a spare couple of weeks up your sleeve after this week goes down. Uh, but we'll, you, Larry. Before, before we move on to the next game, can I just add one extra point on this matchup? And we haven't spoken much about Thais, but we won't. We'll keep going with Papa. And the point is, was Papa's team and his, his chances of winning and his performance, was it better when he was a fired-up little man? He's gone into, into this zen mode... And it's like he doesn't care, and his team just keeps scoring 90. When he was fired up and passionate about it, he's putting up 150s, 160s, 170s. What's happened? That is like, a good for me, point. he's a very interesting watch over the preseason to do, see what he does with his team. When do we reckon um, he went zen? When do we feel that was? How long ago? Well, Cu- I reckon a couple it was of like months ago? Around five or six. Like, since you said, he hasn't really done much since he's been zen. Really hasn't done anything since week six. And I feel like the last sort of couple of months, or at least month and a half, he's been Zen Papa. So, yeah, this is it, mate. This needs is to fire up. You need to fire up. You need to you need to channel your inner Papa. <laughs> okay. Fire oh, up, mate. Because if he fires up, and if his team fires up, it means the Giants are up and about. So, I will. I'll <laughs> take that. Let's move on, shall we? Or, but in saying that, Thais's team, he's uh, he's having some sub par scores at the moment for the prestige worldwide. So if he wants to contend and be a potential four seed, he'll be wanting to be, do better than a 107 or whatever he's been putting up lately. Um, let's move on. The last game is the OJ's legal team, 126, defeating the Bayside Executioners. Any thoughts on that one? No, I mean, it was a it was a pretty, uh, I wouldn't say lackluster, but it was sort of Jake was in control of this one, I think, for majority of the game. The biggest one oh. out of this is because you got done in your game, Bennett, it gives Jake every chance to get the two seed. So he's right in the mix for the two seed here. So mm. um, I, big I win. I remember towards the end of this, I looked at it going into the last game because I do have a vested interest in the Bayside Executioner's results. And I'm pretty sure it was level going into the last. It was going to be very tight and he just stunk it up because I think he had, he had Jacoby Myers in the blizz. Yeah, in the blizz. But I actually reckon the game before that, Jake had a pretty decent one with Frymuth and Najee. Uh, so it was Sunday night. Yeah, the Sunday, Sunday night, night game night, I mean. put Jake in front, but it still had Scoot with a, with a chance to win. But as we said, the weather didn't work in his favour. Um but yeah, so the G is, is the G, how we sorry, like to refer to sorry him. for all the yeah, DF, nice, the DFFs out there. Another nice little game today. He's uh, starting to make in this spot. Sorry, Kenny. He really is. Did you want to add anything, Kenny? No, I didn't. I just uh, hod sniped me into a driller story. Let's move on. <laughs> all right. Well, let's <laughs> let's get divisional. Divisional, 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 let's get divisional, let's talk division stuff. All right, well, people have been, they've been calling out for it. So back by popular demand, the let's get divisional (laughs) drop. Um, Let's start, shall we, with the current standings going into the final week. And I'll kick it off with the first three seeds, and that sees the bloke across the screen from me, the grouse, sitting at the number one seed there. It's been a mainstay pretty much all season long. Myself at the second seed, and the San Diego Demons, like we spoke about, uh, 
holding on to that division right now for the three seed there. I got worried because I'm about to pass off to Hod as he just walks away from the Zoom call <laughs> no, altogether. But, I can uh, cover for him. He's he's more interested in just cracking open another frothy. He was so excited so. to Jesus, get that beer. He still hasn't put his headphones on. Didn't happen to look at the run through Hod when you decided to go get that beer because uh, you're up after me just running Sorry. through the first three and you're getting a beer was more important. Oh. Well, I mean, we've got to work the sponsors here, boys, and I'm staying next to the Ben Spoke Brewery who have stocked up the mini bar here. And we'll, uh, we'll see if they can get involved. Very nice uh, establishment there. I'm reading the purple, am I? Yeah. I'm up to the four seed. <laughs> That's you, old fuchsia. <laughs> the fuchsia. Uh, yes, the straight cash homies at number four. Am I just reading these out? Go. Word for word. Yeah, go for no, it, mate. Beautiful. Uh, then we got the five seed, the prestige worldwide, and then the six seed, OJ's legal team. And I've got a little minus 96.5 in a bracket here. I'm going to have a stab. And so that's that's how far behind the big fella is. Yeah. Oh, can anyone, reckon, can anyone I, tell yeah. that Hod took about a 40-minute work call when we were going through our pre-pod? Nah, but I think there's a bit of that. There's a there's a bit of that, the lack of prep, but also the lack of interest at the pointy end of this sort of table is, is coming through here. He hasn't really had to look at the playoff sort of situation all year. Have you, Hod? Being down in the old cellar dwellers, so there's pretty much no interest. Um, Hod mentioned, you know, four seed the straight cash homies there. I think this is obviously their current standings, but a lot can change if Matt wins and knocks Timos off this week. Obviously, Matt would jump into the four seed, and then it all becomes pretty interesting with the with the point situation. But as it stands, I think Matt's a clear five seed with his points. Jake's pretty strong, 96 points behind him. And a little bit of a gap here to the seven seed with the Gym City Stallions. He's a further uh, 70 points off Jake. The sensible haircuts comes in at the eight seed, further 10 points off Jim. But, boys, we copped a bit of grief early on in the season about uh, calling this man number nine. He wasn't happy with it. It was our initial initial, um, power rankings of where we thought Papa might end up and with one week to go, fellas, our number nine seed is Papa's Punishers. Now, I would have thought we deserve some sort of apology or because he absolutely teed off and just got real narky about it. So I find it funny that he finds himself at the nine seed. All I can say, mate, is there is still a week to go. Let's give him a chance. Let's see what he's made of. But uh, at this stage, if he holds that spot, he's 22 points off. Moving up to the eight spot there. He's got to outscore the sensible haircuts by 22 points this week to move out of that nine spot. It would be a fitting way for him to send off Drew Brees in his the year after the retirement to just finish as the number nine on the season. Well, we know, boys, everything once upon a time that was great, it comes back. We had the Demons in, when was it, Kenny? Your last premiership. 64. 64. They had their time out of the sun and back. Their glory days are here. Wearing flares on Fridays, that was once a thing, and now I wear them every week. And now, the number nine, Papa's Punishers, started the year there, he wasn't happy, and now he's back there. This is fitting. I don't care where I am in the standings, this makes me a little bit jumpy. What do you think? I can't wait to see. Can you send us a video of you walking around Canberra with your flares? You don't want to see what pants I have on right now. Oh, just socks on. 
<laughs> the birthday pants. Yeah, with your bumble. But Penny, you might you might have said I didn't read the rundown or missed it all. Didn't you just go early on the next segment? You, you're sort of giving too much info there. No, not at all. Because I think it's important to realise that while these seeds are what they are now, I think if Matt beats Tim, a lot can change in a points point of view. So just just throwing that out there. That's right. We will we'll get to that very very soon. So we'll just quickly so everyone gets heard in this little rundown of where we're at right now. So let's just speak of the out of contention teams, and that is the Bayside Executioners, the DFF, and the real Hum Dingers doing the Wiggles finger waggle there as I read out his name. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, the writing's been on the wall for those three teams for a long time, uh, so no real surprises there. But let's move on, shall we, to some playoff breakdown. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win again, win again, win again, win Oh, completely forgot what that was. I just remembered there was something about playoffs I had stashed away there. So, Hod, kick us off with uh, just the first three teams to go through here. Yeah, I love what you've done here, boys. You've you've given me the three easiest ones to read out because you know how I get on a Friday evening, especially when you play the playoffs bangers. And Keeney, our man. Clinched the number one seed. Congratulations, Bang. bro. Thanks, bro. One week out. Building. Very nice. Lovely. Um, he's just playing it cool. Playing it very cool here. And representing the pod again. Have a look at this. Benny, the Park City Lions have also clinched the playoffs. But there's a little bit of water to go under the bridge here. A win clinches the number two seed. But a loss Falls to the number five seed if Jake the Snake wins. If Jake also loses, well, Benny remains as a number two seed. So a little bit uh, to go there. And then this is the big one, boys. Hooli dooly. And I'm glad it is big because he's representing the Sunny Weaver Juniors. And Camo, uh, the man behind the San Diego Demons, is uh, a win and clinches the number three seed, but a loss here. Whoo! Out of contention. Out of the oh, playoffs. Yeah. This oh, is yeah. what we call a barnstormer of a game here, Keeney. Yeah, it's massive. So, obviously, Camo plays Jim for the division, as we've touched on. But, boys, I think the uh, the big talking point here is if Camo does, in fact, get rolled by Jim. And I believe we don't have a sponsor for the projections, but I believe Jim is a little bit of a favorite this week. Um, we know that the the lottery selections, not that he owns his own first, but the lottery selections are done based off the max points for, so including sort of your bench players. Where do we think Camo would slide to if he was out of the playoff race? What do you reckon? So you're saying this is where it factors in the max points for? Yep. Got no idea. I'd have a stab at nine. Yeah, I was going to say eight or nine. He's actually the 11th highest ranked team from a max points point of view. So what that means, and Steve, we'll get to this in a sec, but Steve holds his first rounder, but that means that uh, the lottery pick would be pick two for Camo if he loses. So, Steve Mann might have more of an eye on the Camo and Jim game than his own because that is enormous. 
is uh, yeah, surely if if Steve had that in mind, would he be hitting Camo up for some sort of trade to try and swing this in his direction, or Jim for that matter, actually. Because yeah. it's, it's going to work out in his favour for Jim to get a win here. That is huge. And I suppose, I mean, we shouldn't be too shocked because we've spoken about how poor your division is, Hod. So, I mean, the fact that winning the division gets you the three or losing gets you the second last place in the league is probably highlighting more about your division than anything else. No, and, trades we are. And, no, you're spot on, Ben. And, I, look, I've had, a, I've had a little dig at Timos earlier, but... Camo, the last seven weeks, hasn't registered a score over 120 and he's five and two over those seven weeks. That's so insane. When you, play, when you play absolute pump in your own division, you can get away with little 120s, but when the heat of the playoffs comes in, he's going to be in for a rude awakening. Mate, that is. He's get, first the Ds get a grand final for him and then he just gets those sloppy wins there. That's that's gross. <laughs> All right, you're the Camo. Could be you. I think we need to be consistent. We need to be consistent, boys. I think Camo is just a juggernaut getting that five and two record, and Timos is kissed on the dick. That's what it is. Sonny <laughs> Weaver Jr. Consistency right there. Well, speaking of Timos, uh, a win this week clinches the four seed for him. So that's a pretty simple formula mm-hmm. here. However, if he loses. It's not so simple, so I'll try and run you through this and hopefully the people listening can keep up here. So, it's probably the most interesting of all the scenarios here. If he loses, he would be in a points battle with Jake, Jim and Steve and most likely scenario is that he'd fall to the number six seed. So, he'd be, if he's looking like he's out of a chance of winning here, he'd be watching Jake, Jim and Steve's scores pretty closely. Kenny, do you want to jump in there? Yeah, I'll... To try and simplify it a fraction, um, basically, if Timos loses, he's playing Matt. So, Matt would jump ahead of him mm-hmm. as the four seed. And currently, Jake is 30 or so, 35 points ahead of him from a points point of view. So, he would jump ahead of him as well. Um, obviously, that can change depending on what they both score. But likelihood is Matt goes to the four seed, Jake goes to the five seed, and then Timos would be the battling it out with Jim and Steve for the six seed. So, is Steve the closest person behind him? Uh, Jim. Jim is. And how many points is yep. Timos ahead of Jim? We will get to that when we oh, talk about Jim. I like the tease Jim. there. Very good. <laughs> we'll move on to Jim's the other. A, Go. Jim's a stallion there, boys. Of course, he's real close. Hey, right up there. Shout, hey. shout out to the birthday boy. Yes. Jim. Oh, he might be a stallion tonight. He, he might be. <laughs> yeah. Old stallion Jimos. Um, move on to the other McMahon here. He's basically, he's clinched the playoffs, So he doesn't have to worry. It's a similar situation to, I suppose, what I'm going through. Just what happens this week will determine what seed he finishes. So win basically gets him as high as the four seed. Uh, and that is if he wins and Timos loses. But a loss basically locks in that five seed for him there. So. Yep. More simple sort of scenario for Thais there, but can't really get anything outside of four or five, which uh, puts him... And they play each other. And they play each other. But does that put him on a different side of the draw with a one or two? Yeah, it would. It it, it would, um, depending on what happens. So the the five seed is probably more likely to play the one seed, obviously. Um, So with with Matt, because his points four is so strong, he's third overall for points four. He's got... Enough points for to see him through, and um, he, yeah, he won't drop further than the five seed. So, 
um, he's in. So well done to Theos. Theos, yes. I think it's just basically me, you, me, Ben, and Theos, or Theos, Theos. depending on how you pronounce it, um, <laughs> that are in, and the rest is sort of up for grabs. Yep. Um, so moving on to our previous champ, Jake. Now, he, again, we talked about this during the year. He has gone under the radar, I reckon, mm-hmm. and he's still lingering around the defending champ. And if he wins, I think people will sort of stand up and take notice a little bit because if he wins and Ben loses, he will have the week off as the number two seed. But if uh, if both teams win, so if Ben and Jake win, as we've touched on before, Ben will be that number two seed and Jake would be the four seed if Tim loses. So a little bit complicated <laughs> there, but Jake would be hoping that Matt beats Tim so that he could get into the fourth seed. Um, the worst case scenario for him would be that he obviously loses and he'd probably be a, a five or a six seed if Timos wins. So he's pretty safe to make so, the playoffs, to be honest. Jake's got enough points in the bag to probably be the five or six seed if he loses. If he puts up about a 130 this week, he's pretty much yeah, a lock he's good. for playoffs. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. But he has to put up um, a stinker this, to be out of contention. This one's really interesting. So we'll talk about Jim here and... I put my uh, put my hand up. I would have been very very surprised if you said Jim was going to make the playoffs about three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But he has come with a rush. Impressive and run. Not only is he a chance to win the division, he's a chance to um, keep. He just put up pretty consistent sort of one twenties, one thirties. Been around the mark each and every week. And then Timos's scores sort of fluctuated, and he's caught up to him. He's caught up to Timos. He's gone past Papa. Um, so he's put himself right in the mix. So if Jim wins here against Camo, he obviously clinches that number three seed and goes into the playoffs. But even with a loss, he needs a, a few things to fall his way, but there's still a chance. So yeah. his best his best chance for Jim, if you're listening, mate, you need Thais to knock off Tim, and then you need to outscore Timos by 43 points. So that's the equation there, boys. 43 points can be done. Um, Timos has started pretty well, I think, with Claypool. And Conklin, I think they put up 17 combined, so not a bad start. Um, but, yeah, Timos uh, – sorry, Jim, you'll be keeping a close eye on that uh, Tim and Matt matchup, hoping to knock him off by more than 43. There's another scenario we, that helps Jim too, isn't there? Yeah, you want to run through it? <laughs> well, it's probably less likely of the two, but I'd need to uh, win and outscore Jake by 72. So two chances there, Jim, but probably uh, – I'd. Put your money on the Tim one there rather than yeah, that one. I'm just looking yeah, at true. Jim's scores over the season, and it's a no frills kind of team. It's a real mm. sort of blue collar type team. He doesn't he doesn't shit the bed an awful lot. His lower scores no. an 87, but that's an outlier. But then he kind of just puts up 120s to 130s every week. So it's the kind of team that if he does make the playoffs is just dangerous enough if someone has a bad week for him to just consistently sort of potentially just keep churning through wins. I mean, it's an interesting uh, proposition if he makes playoffs. I feel like um, Jake's team has been a bit like that with probably just a little bit of a higher ceiling, that 140 mark, but he's also very consistent. Yeah. I've been noticing. Yeah, it's a good call. And and as we sort of touched on how – a few others um, have been fluctuating a little bit. I reckon Papa, Matt, Tim, those kind of guys have been sort of up and down a little bit. Like Tim and Matt both put in sub hundreds the other week. I think Tim put in 55 and Matt put in 70 or maybe that was Papa, sorry. But, um, you know, those fluctuations where the, the steady kind of gaining of ground on points situation has put them in the mix. Mm. Consistency is the key, boys. Let me tell you. Well, You've been yeah, consistent too, Hod, this season. I've You're right. Been very, very <laughs> consistent. 
but I think it's still important to have a have a ceiling that can win you a playoff game. Um, oh, but definitely. you're right. I reckon once you once you're in playoffs, anything can happen. So that's it. I think it, um, uh, it's not it's not a bad position to squeak into playoffs and have a team that could put up one twenty one thirty because. Anything can happen, can't it? So. Well, we saw it last year, boys, with the five and six seed making their way all the way through, and um, and Jake obviously got it done last year. So it could be a very similar situation. Absolutely. The last player or the last team we want to talk about here is the sensible haircuts. Um, he's somehow found his way on this list. Now, for those that aren't aware, Steve actually holds seven first-round picks next year. So if he could make the playoffs whilst holding seven round, first-round picks, that would be a... Uh, Amazing result for the sensible haircuts, Hod. You've, you've touched on it a little bit earlier, but I'll bring it back up. Being the trade deadline, what if he just swung all those picks? Because we get both Mannies, right? We have this bloke who likes the picks and he doesn't like the picks. Imagine he wheeled and dealed before this weekend and then became a juggernaut. You two would get a little bit nervous, let me tell you. Oh, without question. I think the problem for Steve is he's... He needs a few things to go his way in this final week, so it's really hard to rely on that. But you're right. If he was, if he was like, if he was in Jake's was position, lock, if he was yeah, in Jake's was position, in Jake's position very where he's a lock to be in, and all he needed to do was bolster his team, he'd mm. be bloody scary because mm-hmm. he could just go bang bang, use five of them, and get three stars, and all of a sudden his team is obviously good enough to be in this conversation. So it put him right sort of near the pointy end. Where do we where do we sit on this, boys? Do we think that the league is done, or is there some mm. further bolstering to go? Well, I was looking at that Hod. Um, not, uh, I was looking at it yesterday actually, and I just I was looking through sort of the assets that some of those teams hold. I mean, you 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 have Diggs, for example, um, as one of those. You've got a, quite a few younger pieces outside of him that I don't know if you'd want to let go. Um, so, it for mine, it comes down to sort of what those teams that are out of the playoffs are willing to let go um, as, as much as how much a, a contending team wants to buy. And if a contending team has capital to buy it, like Steve's got seven first rounders. So therefore not many other teams have many um, first round assets to dish out and get those experienced players. Well, it's a very interesting um, spectrum if you like because you've got your juggernauts up the top who shouldn't by theory have the assets to throw around and then you've got this middle echelon where Manny fits into that perhaps could scrape in and has an awful amount of assets and then you've got uh, down the bottom which have assets in the form of players perhaps and can wheel and deal so it is a very interesting dynamic that the league is in in dynasty every year it's bloody fun and that's why I like that we've pushed this trade deadline to the end of the regular season because there's still a gamble to play because like we just said Mm. Manny has the picks he could do a big swing just before the playoffs but it doesn't guarantee him to get into the playoffs so I love the fact that that he could make an absolute move but it doesn't guarantee anything so there's still something up in the air which is great it just makes this last round more intriguing because mm. if you if you had the deadline later, well, then you guys would be nervous because you've got your juggernaut team set, but he could get in with a bit of luck this week and then blow it up. Uh, so I think I, I really like it that it just puts a little bit more emphasis on this last round to make some really crucial decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've talked, we've talked about it a bit here, but are we, is there a player in this league that is actually quite similar to Steve that, 
isn't willing to use his picks. So Matt, for mine, is an interesting example. Now, he doesn't have picks next year, but he's got 2023 picks. He's got four of them. Um, and he's obviously he's in the playoffs. His team's good enough. Maybe an, an, an extra one or two players could really tip him over the edge. Um, would he be tempted to to swing for the fences here and risk losing those assets? I think he, by no surprise, has targeted the 2023 draft. I think that's been sort of spoken about by a lot of people that it's a strong draft class. So I think I see that as Matt trying to throw his hat in the ring this year and be a contender. He clearly sees his team being good enough to contend for the next two years and then still having strong pieces there. So I reckon he's looking at the long game more than anything else. Well, I, 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 I would have agreed earlier in the season. Matt's team was the highest scoring team pretty much every week. But if you look at the last few weeks, it hasn't been the case. So, and that team's got to carry over, right? For yeah, the next season because there's no capital. Dak and, and Allen have been a bit up Tassels. and down. Tassel, sorry. Uh, yeah, we don't call him Allen on this podcast. Uh, they've been a bit up and down the last month, but we can't question what their ceiling is. And when they hit their ceiling, his team is absolutely on fire. So I don't think he'd be expecting these lower end scores for too much longer with those types of players on his list. Yep, it's uh, it's an interesting one. Um, we'll, we'll finish off here with Steve. We'll, we'll go through it. So Steve, the win-loss stuff for Steve this week's irrelevant. So he's playing um, he's playing Jake, but it doesn't really matter what the result is. Steve just needs to make sure he makes up some ground from a points point of view. He obviously needs Matt to knock Timos off, um, but he also needs to outscore Tim by 51.5 points. And it's interesting. So he obviously had a few players tonight. We're recording this after the Steelers-Minnesota game. Uh, he had Ben Roethlisberger. He had Deontay Johnson. Um, and he had one other. I'm just failing to remember who that was. But he's had three start today. Um, and he's put up 54.6. And Jefferson, sorry. So he's had you know three pretty solid players on his team. But he's yeah. put up 54.6. A really nice start for him. And Timos has put up 17. So if you want to look at the live leaderboard, he's only really 13 points behind him right now. Um, Timos has got a lot of ammo to fire. But still, points are on the board and you just never know. Crazier things have happened. So we'll be watching that one with well, interest as well. Timos with Conklin, he wasn't playing you this week. That's why Conklin only put up four. So that makes sense. Yeah. Hod? Well, I was just looking at um, Manny's team. When you start like that, you would have a big projection, but it's not. Yeah. And then I worked out why. Amir Abdullah. He's uh, got to start. RB1, apparently. <laughs> and then uh, my boy, Van Jefferson, is uh, slotted in at quarterback. So, obviously, it hurts, uh, yeah, not having a second QB here. Has he, has he not had a second QB for a while? Yeah, since no. uh, since Wilson came back, he's pretty much but he's been... he's still been scoring well. Interesting. Yeah, yeah well, correct. he's been slotting in his wide receiver depth at the Superflex, which has been holding him or, or keeping him up and about. But, I mean, but... it's interesting. He's got he's got a few players that have some pretty high variance, I reckon. Like Tyreek yeah. Hill could put up a 50 and all of a sudden, gee, well, he's going to be in. Yeah, Tyreek like, Hill put up like a sub five last week and he still scored just under 140. Like, yeah, crazy. Like, uh, yeah. His, team. his needed, team's a hard one to, to score. predict. Yeah, he needed to score in the 50s tonight, and it's happened. So he's sort of on track in terms of what he needed to do. He needs he needs some uptick in expectation going forward, but 
he's put the runs on the board and you just never know in this in this crazy game that we play. So That's it. I mean, yeah, Andrews could we'll have see. a big one. That's what he'd be hoping for. That would help him a lot. And Tyreek. Nah, man, there's a new barometer, boys. The Ricky Seals-Jones. He's back. He's limited well, practice, back-to-back days. I'm feeling a big one coming on. And Logan Thomas out for the year with an ACL. Yeah. He's back to that number one role, so you never know. Um, let's move on, Benjamin, to the other side of the scale here. Keep, um, keep so the rest we'll, of the league interested, absolutely. We'll keep the uh, the other four contenders, or not, they're not contenders, they're at the other end. Actually, it's a lot of nanny, really, isn't it? It is, but... <laughs> It's interesting to see sort of where they've come from. So the the lottery standings, obviously on on max points four, and there's obviously a bit of bit to play out here. So if if we've touched on Camo, if Camo makes the playoffs, then obviously his lottery standing uh, shifts significantly. But at the moment, pick one is tied to the Humdingers, which the DFF owns. So the DFF would have that pick one slot. The sensible haircuts would have the second pick as that is tied to Camo currently. But as I said, if Camo knocks off Jim, then all of a sudden that goes out to a, a back end um, pick at the uh, in in the seven to twelve range. So things can change pretty quickly. That's it. Hold then, uh, uh, yep, that's fuchsia. Uh, <laughs> then we go to pick three, which is myself owning the rights to the Bayside Executioners, who's in. Third uh, standing currently, but as you said, could easily go up to second with a Camo win. So, come on, Camo. And then uh, the Sensible Haircuts owns their own pick, which is the only pick in all of these six that owns their own there. So, yeah, and <laughs> he's been he's been very vocal about his strategy here, and I find it interesting that we're talking about him as a sniff to get in the playoffs and maybe be dangerous in the playoffs. And if he doesn't, he falls back to pick four in the draft. So or in the lottery. So a nice position. He's done it on purpose. Um, looks to be, looks to be uh, playing out the way he wanted it to. Absolutely. And uh, we'll continue this narrative here because pick five also the sensible haircuts, but that actually is the straight cash homies pick there currently sits at the Ooh. five spot. I know it's a, an interesting one. I don't think many people would have had him pegged as the five. Fifth worst. Yeah. Pick five at the moment, but Sensible Haircuts owning that one and Sensible Haircuts again owning the pick six right now, which is tied to the Pappas Punishers team. So there's a little bit to go down there. Obviously, as you said, Hod, you'd be uh, you'd be hoping that Camo gets the win, which would bump your pick up to two. Um, sensible Haircuts holding pick four. I mean, they could make the playoffs there, but that kind of just bumps his other picks up anyway. So it really doesn't change an awful lot. I think... Yeah, looks like Manny I mean, is going to get about pick four, any any two at least of four to six. So, yeah, not a bad position to be in. Absolutely, the straight cash homies should obviously likely to make the playoffs. So that would that would change a few things. But um, interesting to note the DFF. I've I've had a look at this. The DFF's number seven for max points four. Um, so going a little bit better. Obviously, what a watch we've touched on it this year. The depth around the DFF he's building, bro. So. He might be onto something. He is up and about, that bloke. He is up and about. He's he's. I can't wait for him to get his four wins next year. He'll um, he'll be <laughs> he'll be a little upset that we don't broadcast this on YouTube because uh, he's suffered an injury to one of his ears, so it's going to be a bit of a struggle for <laughs> the big man to <laughs> listen to the pod this week. Yeah, um, do you care to elaborate I, there, Hod? Yeah, please. You want me to elaborate? I don't know. Oh, well, he uh, 
he may have struck gold last Saturday. I will elaborate, actually. I'll, oh, I'll yeah, tell you what happened. We had a big day, and we got down to the establishment about 8.30, just settling settling into the corner, as we do, and got a few drinks, and Steph's out having a cigarette, as he does, and strolls back in and doesn't even make it over to us. Just gets stopped at the bar by a lovely last name, Lauren, oh. which I've worked out. And uh, we did not even see him for the rest of the night. So I'll let your imagination do the rest. And the only thing I'll shed some light on is he's got an ear injury. So he's going to struggle this week to listen to the pod. But he assures us he'll be listening in, tuning in. And Ben, if you can, can you just link her Instagram to the uh, podcast feed just so all the boys can have a look at what we're dealing with here, please? I actually just called in to uh, Mike Brady to see what he thought about the whole thing. Oh, DFF. The worst part is that's what he would have been screaming himself. <laughs> oh my oh, goodness. Well, hey, well, hopefully, DFF, you had one earbud in listening to this one today. <laughs> oh, shit, that threw me. Uh, as we said, just a lot to go down this week in terms of playoff implications, so... Plenty of different scenarios to play out. I can't wait to recap on this round. There'll be plenty to get through in next week's pod. Just not only all the playoff scenarios that will eventually take place. We'll know who has the first round by. We'll know who has the matchups and what's uh, on the cards there. But we'll also know who holds the highest percentage chance for each of those top six picks. So plenty to get through next week. Keeney, what are you... uh, What's your biggest thing that you're looking for? I mean, you've got nothing on the line this week. So what are you looking forward to? No, I'm, I'm looking forward to sort of seeing how all those things play out. As you touched on, we'll have a really... It's good to be back for starters, but uh, we'll have a really nice podcast next week for everyone. Um, maybe get a get a guest on, I think, is appropriate this time of year. So we'll see how we go. But I'm... Uh, I'm more interested in what Hod's got to say out out there at Canberra. He's licking his lips. He's ready to go. It's uh, Friday night, and uh, this is when he does some of his best work. Hod. The lips are wet, let me tell you. And contrary to what you say, uh, Keeney, I am very much looking forward to this end of the season. I'm not in contention, but it's going to be a fun one. And obviously the lottery standings will sort themselves out after this week. So a lot to talk about there, but... I have been swiping all the way through this pod, boys, so I can feel the arthritis just kicking in the right index finger, and I've just got the credit card out and upgraded to the premium service, so I'll be buzzing all night on the search for any EDL listeners in the lovely town of Canberra. Send my apologies to Amelia Ben for our late start, and enjoy your weekend, boys. Podcast over and out.